Hello, friends and strangers. Welcome back to Wisdom Weavers. It has been a while, spring has sprung, and we're back in full motion. And I'm really excited to share this episode where we talk about plant communication, what plant medicine really is, the three brains, and the labyrinth. And maybe you're like, well, what is all of that? We will get into it. So I got in touch with Mark through a friend who had taken his course on the labyrinth, and she lent me his book, and I really loved it. First of all, it was beautiful. A small book, all handwritten with incredibly beautiful and detailed illustrations, all by Mark. It was so simple, yet deep, and I felt just the way that it was laid out was helping me to connect to all of these concepts on a deeper level. And ever since, I've been more inspired to get in touch deeper with the natural world. And I know a lot of the listeners of this podcast come from all different countries, cities, and towns, but one thing is certain, we are all natural earth beings connected to nature. Well, right now we're all natural earth beings, and I hope we don't merge with machines. At least I'm not going to. So, if you're feeling disconnected from nature, Mark's book is a great place to start reweaving that connection. And I've linked all his stuff in the show notes, so do check that out. And he has a new book or a revised version coming out really soon. So... You can connect to him and um, find out more about that. So, without further ado, Mark is an artist, illustrator, and writer, and has studied with many great teachers in the healing arts of herbal medicine, plant spirit healing, and geomancy. To put it simply, the key part to his work is listening. Listening is a state of presence, of whole body awareness, simultaneous awareness to both the inner and outer. Listening deeply with our awareness opens an expanded, receptive, connected experience, one that our hunter-gatherer ancestors were accustomed to as they traversed the land foraging and hunting. The labyrinth can help us to forge a deeper connection with ourselves, helping to facilitate a sense of body awareness and bringing us into altered states that are conducive to communicating with the plant kingdom. An awareness of the lower abdomen, heart, and peripheral vision has been used by trackers and many hunter-gatherer cultures to tune in to the spirit of the land, animal, and plant kingdoms. Mark has handwritten and illustrated a book on his journey with the labyrinth and how it can help us to connect to the subtle energies of the plants and the land. And it's titled, Rewilding with the Labyrinth. So, if you enjoy this episode or know someone who might enjoy it, please feel free to share it, write a review. If there is some story or some wisdom burning in you that you wish to share with the world, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm on Instagram. I also have a website. Instagram's probably the easiest. Um, so, good morning or good evening wherever you are, and I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. I guess first and foremost, I'm an artist. Um, And so that has always been uh, there for me. Um, And um, in in my 20s, I'm trying to think where my yeah where it started it's it's always it's always there isn't it but mm. um uh in my 20s 
I started to become interested in healing and herbal medicine and um, things it's, it's always been there for me that that um, experience and knowing of there being more to physical life has always been there uh, and it's 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 been throughout my life it's then been sort of more it's sort of like chapters and lived different lives within the one life even like and um but yeah it was in my 20s that it it started to this this chapter kind of started uh, with the interest in in herbal medicine and healing and working with the land in in that way mm. and um that led me to ireland to do uh, a herbal medicine apprenticeship with a herbalist called nikki darrell and um my, my intention with that was I, I was fascinated by the idea of plant communication and I wanted to find, to, I wanted to learn about that and, and Nikki's course was a very holistic um, way of learning. Um, so not the academic route of, of mm. learning from books and so it, it was using our senses and um, working in the garden and learning to meditate with the plants um, and and really um, learning about the plants uh, in a way that our ancestors would have mm. originally learnt so physically working with the plants mm. um, and I, I never did the, the clinical training because I'd I could I realized that that's it's as an artist it doesn't come easily to me that that way of thinking and I went down more of a um, for want of a better term, a sort of shamanic route. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, for over that two years, I, I traveled around Ireland and um, I, I really, I had the intention of, of learning from the earth itself. And that led me to uh, Caragdulra, which is a, a permaculture farm in uh on the west side of ireland in the mountains of county wicklow i spent the summer there and um they they gave me a job to replenish what they termed a herb wheel or a, a herb spiral i can't quite remember the the term but it wasn't known as a labyrinth and I, i'd never come across a labyrinth either so i spent this whole summer working on this this herb wheel and then when i returned to the uk i went to go and replicate that same design at another farm and that's where i found that, that it was actually a, a three circuit labyrinth that i'd been working with mm. um and also during that time i'd been learning a lot about the the gut and heart as as two brain centers and um so with it being a three circuit uh labyrinth mm -hmm. i'd corresponded those three circuits to the gut the heart and the head and was corresponding the plants to that and and then what happened later on was um i had a an amazing encounter with um a guy who was speaking at the plant consciousness conference in london and i so i guess the way in which it came about as well is important because so i'd, I'd often do this thing where if 
you can try it in like bookshops mm-hmm. uh, or, or anywhere really but if, um, if if I go into a bookshop I'll sometimes do this thing where I'll I'll just um, intend to if there's any information here for me then uh, I'll, I'll just let my body find it <laughs> it's kind of quite hard to describe but um and then you'd be amazed at like what you just pull out a book and it's like well I've been you know hearing this all week yeah and uh that's basically what I that is what I did with um finding this this guy at the plant consciousness conference I um I I walked up the first stall that I went to I picked up the book and he had a a picture of a labyrinth in the middle Mm. And it was—it just blew my mind, and I was—I was like, "What are you doing with a, a labyrinth in your book?" Because at this point, I'd, I hadn't even connected the two things, uh, even though I'd been working. Yeah. I hadn't—I hadn't made that connection. And like he, you didn't he, know oh, it was like a thing. You were just like, "Okay, I did yeah, this exactly. herb spiral, and then I'll just do this again over here." It looked nice, or it felt good, or yeah, yeah. And he said to me the first time that he walked a labyrinth, it got him into the same state of consciousness that his Hawaiian plant teachers had mm-hmm. taught him. Um, and they refer to that as Hakalau or Hakahili. Hakalau is the, the standing version of it, the, the sitting meditation, and Hakahili is the, the walking version of that. And his plant teachers would use that when they were out foraging for plant medicines um and it it is a an awareness of those those centers mm-hmm. um and with the head it's in particular it's the the peripheral vision and having that that peripheral awareness it, mm-hmm. it expands our energy fields and mm-hmm. it um it also affects our um, nervous systems it, it puts the nervous system into the relaxed mm. state into the rest and digest state and um, it's, it's in that state that they would then set the intention for finding um, plants for a, a specific person they were looking for remedies for mm-hmm. They would set that intention and then be in the state of Hakahili to then be receptive to the language of the plants mm. in receiving which plants were, were needed for that specific person. Mm-hmm. And even down to the, the, the information of being able to prepare those medicines for right. that person. So it's, it's like bypassing the, the logical mind completely right because there's so many plants and so many different ancient medicines where you're like well how did someone figure out that you need to like boil this and put this together and do that you know it it must be from this absolutely yeah it's it's the i believe it's the the greater intelligence that has created us you know the 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 intelligence that's beating our hearts and you know we don't have to think logically about breathing now i have to breathe now i have to digest this food it's right. it's all working away that's absolutely miraculous isn't it you know it's so complex right it's the yeah yeah and i guess people could really get into this just flow state in general in life it could only help them because this is just putting you i guess in I don't know, you know, in a flow state, that's just whatever your path is, or I mean, I don't even just whatever's most beneficial to you in life, not just plants, but I guess it could just put you into the state where you can move there. And I'm sure people have felt that in life when they're traveling, or they're in a point where things are really fun, Mm. and they're really open, you know, and then they're kind of like, whoa, everything is just because they're they sort of maybe naturally get into that a little bit because you've done a lot of traveling haven't you yeah you find that when you're traveling because there's not the rigidity i think of 
having to be at a certain place at a certain time right. and yeah you're not like boxed in into these routines so much and there's there's a constant change of routine which can be a bit stressful sometimes it depends on where you are mm. in life and what you want like sometimes there is something really nice about routine now i have it but i think like or you find your own routines in yourself um no matter where you are so it's almost like creating a home in yourself and then you kind of have that space to like flow through um but i was thinking when when you were talking about the um I don't know if it's just connected to the head brain, but this idea of like being aware of your surroundings, almost like this like broader vision. And I imagine it's sort of like also this receptive state. If you were like at the top of the Grand Canyon or somewhere beautiful and you take in the site, I don't know if it's the same thing, but you're kind of like, you're not looking at one thing in particular, but you're sort of looking at all of it and sort of aware yeah. of the whole thing. And I was having this thought just the other day when, when I was reading that bit of your book and I thought, oh man, this is not good. Like I really need to practice this because I think we're so like we're in houses and then we're talking to people a lot and we're on our phones and I read a lot. So everything I was like, my vision, like from here to here is really clear. Like I'm looking at everything, but actually sometimes when I go outside and it's like the sunlight and just like the kind of like the the vibrancy of like the whole all the all the stuff happening I almost it almost looks like I'm dreaming it almost feels like there's this like and I don't mean that in a good way like I I actually think it's something I should work on and maybe that's why I've sort of lost my I mean I don't have I need glasses to drive but that's it and that started in school probably because they're making you look for eight hours you know like at your at your desk doing this and that's when I started to lose that and I because we're not we're not like hunting or well some people are but if we're not hunting anymore and we're not like aware of the animals and the plants and seeing it we're gonna lose that that sight and I think it's not just physical sight that's my feeling yeah yeah some some interesting like things there are um one of, I've always noticed how um, looking at a, an expansive view, like you were saying, the Grand Canyon, I, instantly my, my nervous system like completely chills and it's, it's like a sigh of relief. Mm -hmm. and, and we obviously don't get that in towns and cities mm -hmm. and built up areas. Mm -hmm. It's like, no wonder everyone's so stressed out because it's right. such a a um yeah highly tense area um to live in but um and the other thing was um of our hunter-gatherer ancestry of of living on the land in that in that way the the actual um uh act of hunting and gathering actually um is hakahili it, it is right that. Uh, totally so that's that's where we've we've come from right that, that is our natural state of uh of connection to everything right and we've, we've lost that right and you have to be so and if you're hunting if you're foraging plants or you're hunting animals it doesn't matter you have to be so in tune with Nate, mm. you have to you have to make yourself almost nothing you can't like go stomping around the you know you have to be like i am just aware here and that's how i connect to that and we just don't have that i mean do you think it's something because i was like a bit worried thinking about it being like okay wow i need to go outside every day and just like look at the view for a while because i'm i think i'm because it's actually when I try to do it, it feels like I have this dream filter over where I'm a bit, it almost like makes me sleepy because it's so much to take in that I'm not used to doing. And it's a bit like, yeah, it's strange. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're not used to, to being uh, outside, like in, in natural environments. Um, long periods i guess if we've been inside and reading a book or 
on the internet uh, mm. and perhaps that's all it is like it's probably just an adjustment mm. thing and at this time that you went to this conference were you living in a city at the time or a town or you were still out in nature um at the time i was either god times are really <laughs> bad thing for me i'm like very right brain so like linear time i find quite difficult yeah um i was either on hailing island uh which is where i originally where i, where I originally came from where i grew up uh-huh. um which is the south of england you said was it yeah it's it's south south on the coast on the coast of england um yeah, I would have been there, is my, is my mm-hmm. answer. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> nice. So then when you met this guy, he introduced to you this idea of the three brains. Is that it? Through that conversation? Yeah, yeah, that was... So I was... I'd already... Um, I was kind of already, without realising I was doing it, I was already doing it, um, mm-hmm. which is that's the best. Really good, yeah. It's a really, it really then speaks to it being a universal um, thing that um, because it's not just um, the Hawaiian tradition either. It's it's in like Celtic mm. traditions with the three cauldrons. Mm-hmm. Um, in in Chinese medicine, the mm. lower, middle, and upper Dantian, in Amazon, Peruvian, it's it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I know that in this in this more like sort of Gnostic tradition, there's the three brains, which is the sexual, motor, instinctive, the heart, and then the head. Which is sort of similar that in, I'd say in similar to the gut being the, an instinctive part too. I guess they just see it differently, but it, the three brains is totally a thing and it's called the three brains too. So it was cool to see that as well in the work and connecting to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so after that, did you just start kind of building labyrinths all the time or how did it? Yeah, uh, there was that one originally with the the three circuits which was a herb labyrinth and then from there I actually started writing the book Mm. Uh, and then after that I just was coming to the end of finishing that and then I I met somebody who wanted a labyrinth and so I went to build that and then, yeah, and then I built another one after that. So kind of, yeah, word of mouth. And and what's that process like, building it? That's what I'm, yeah. Are yeah. you just totally in this flow, collecting things, or do you have to plan things out? Or You do have to plan things out, yeah. yeah okay. But yeah, there is a bit of left brain stuff going on there as well. <laughs> there is there is the, the planning and... Um, measuring up and and working things out yeah Mm -hmm. um but the um yeah the process it's it's a it's a really um where do you describe it um it's a process like that there's um obviously the the way i'd be doing it would be through connecting with the land and the spirit of place and and often i found there's there's a theme that comes up and there's a, the communication that happens mm. um so for example there's a nice one with the the stone labyrinth that built with um there was the owner showed me some stone that had been sort of discarded up in some woods that I had to bring back to the site where I was building it mm. and it then it transpired that that stone like I was connecting to the stone during that time and it transpired that the stone had actually 
come from the site, well, stones throw away from the, the site where I was actually mm. building it. So mm. it, to me, it was like the stone was coming back uh -huh. in, a, in a different formation. And at the time I was reading a book called, what was it? Um, uh, it was, it's, it's written by this Australian guy. I know he's an American guy actually. But he, he did a lot of work with Australian Aborigines and um, an Aborigine said to him <laughs> that uh, it was as they were walking through the district in, in Sydney that um, the, 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 the buildings that, that we've, that, you know, white man has built, they, they looked so ugly and devoid of spirit mm. um, because there's no communication with the stone and mm -hmm. saying that the stone has a dream within itself to to be to be built and formed in in mm -hmm. its own dream and we're not really listening to that mm -hmm. um, yeah which i found really really interesting there's mm -hmm. there's often we're i think because we're not in the the flow state we're not listening to the the beings of of the land that we share the land with mm -hmm. so we're we're off we're building buildings that are devoid of life force mm -hmm. and um those energies are detrimental to us and the planet and like you were saying about mm -hmm. your um feeling that haziness Mm -hmm. probably we're sat in houses and energy spaces that aren't conducive to life-giving energies mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and I, I don't know if I read it somewhere but I, I don't know where it was like maybe I don't know some quote from somewhere but it was it's very strange that we live in like cornered places like everything has like a rigid corner and it mm. does something to your consciousness too because like your home, at least like if you, even in your dream space, if you're dreaming about your home, it's like your inner world, you know? And if we're putting all that energy into these corners that have no purpose, like I heard to build more round is really good for also for the, the senses as well. And imagine people used to build with rounded spaces as well because of whatever materials was there. So I think there's this like natural sort of roundness in nature and um but you even notice it i think in modern gardening where they're like which i get i totally understand but it's like raised beds like yeah yeah, yeah. it's kind of doing that again in a way but i don't mean to criticize it because it, i totally get it it's also another way but there's like a little bit of that you know yeah yeah definitely it's um it's a softer roundness is is softening isn't it and mm -hmm. edges are uh sharp and pointy yeah exactly <laughs> and they don't really exist in nature so often maybe a bit but you don't go through a forest like this you know like sharp left turn yeah, yeah. Sharp. sometimes you see that a little bit and it's yeah um yeah and maybe we can um break up these three brains a little bit so that we can understand because I understood this first I think you were starting to talk about the head brain um mm. and how to work with that maybe you can yeah. go through those yeah so yeah it, it, instead of breaking them up I think yeah we we want to connect them mm. so um the heart so actually starting at the gut really because mm. that's our um a place where we ground and um in in chinese um medicine the lower dantian it's a, a powerpoint um that breathing into the the lower um diaphragm it's 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 actually in itself just just breathing into the the gut it massively has a, a, a an alteration on our um our consciousness mm. and our um 
our state of awareness. It, it, well, I guess physically it's expanding our lungs both out and down. So we're, we're getting more oxygen, but it also, um, it's also uh, centering us in the, the center of our bodies um, and, and out of the, the uh, sort of monkey mind, if you like. Um, I'm, I'm sure we all find it quite hard to, to, um, to center ourselves uh, and get out of the, 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 maybe not out of the incessant rambling mind, but sort of um, allowing it space because mm -hmm. the mind is just, you can't really stop it. Mm -hmm. But if we're engaged in it, it, it's sort of taking us over. But if we can be in our bodies, then we can have that that space. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and we've all had that gut feeling, <clears throat> that intuition. Of the, that's sort of that like uh, yes and no feeling. Like that's my yeah. experience. Like when when I was reading your descriptions of it, my experience is like when I've had a no don't do that or like yes like those i call them like full body yes or full body no that's my that's like my own terminology in my in my mind it's almost this very basic i don't know if that's your feeling with it as well yeah definitely it's, it's that um that knowing if somebody's lying to you or mm -hmm. something dodgy or whatever it is it's, mm -hmm. it's that that gut it kind of also reminds me of the sense of smell because i didn't realize how important smell was until i couldn't smell for like a week and then i was like oh actually you really need it. like i was like if there's a fire while i'm sleeping i won't know right now or like it's that that initial just feeling of like danger not danger okay not okay yes no it's this very like almost this animal yes no it's just like almost like a meter of if things are okay. It's like a temperature thermometer almost for me, but like with all different right. things in life. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's an important thing. Is like the, each of those centers are um, brain centers within themselves individually, and there's there's people who could say loads of different things on on them way more than me. Um, but ultimately they're sort of these, uh, information centers and, it, but it's the, the whole, yeah. uh, the whole of us, the smell, the, the hearing, the sight, the senses and the, 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 the body system as a, as a whole. Yeah. Um, and the heart being the, um, having heart perception is that that empathy mm -hmm. one and it, it's it sees in a in a whole a whole way which is very hard to describe rationally and logically but again it sort of comes into that sphere of um knowing uh um or, or having a, a whole image um an instantaneous image of a, a whole concept known straight away mm. mm -hmm. and do you have like experience with that and that or like an example that you could i thought about it a little bit i have my own but i'm interested in if i don't know um i'd say with the, the three brain centers that I was talking about earlier is an example of that. And, mm. and then finding out that it's already used. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I would say that um, it's quite interesting with worldviews and sort of situations I don't want to go into yeah of course <laughs> it does, i believe that um 
the way in which we individually perceive through what I'm talking about has a big effect on how we view it does it, it's how we're perceiving the world um and so yeah perceiving narratives of um of the mm -hmm. world situation and yeah yeah like maybe i don't know if if this is what you're trying to say this is now my idea coming up but also being able to almost discern motives and i don't mean that in a judgmental way or being like, and this could be with people, you know, it's not going, oh, they have bad intentions, they're bad. It's just like be, maybe like a, being able to discern because you can feel like yeah. kind of the underlying currents of actions. Yeah, 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 definitely. And I, I also think it's really important to um, to not jump to conclusions and like even if I'm even if we're getting a a sense of something mm -hmm. to not be it's a, this is a um a practice that I use with um working with with um the the signs and and symbolism and synchronicity that you're getting mm. from from working with with plants and and the landscape is not to like be jumping right. on like oh this means that or right and or, i think I'm the intellect does that yeah. it'll just jump in and be like hey because it likes to exercise itself even when it's not needed so it's like feeling 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 it must mean this da, 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 da. like then the intellect's like i've got the answer yeah 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 <laughs> a little bit mind jumps in but yeah so the practice is to like stay it's to just continually stay in that space mm. and it's it's like the 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 um the feeling has has landed it's acknowledged you you know it you just sort of it's just put it on the shelf mm. back there and then you can yeah as as things progress right. those things on the shelf can then come <laughs> out because you <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can then see, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, I can see, like, what's happening there. Right. Something might actually then have a a narrative that's that's right. being um, confirmed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then this, and then connecting it to the top brain, the mind brain, I guess which was, was that what you were connecting to vision? Yeah, with the um, practice of uh, Hakahili or the practice of walking on the landscape and, and tuning into the subtle energies of the landscape or plants, that's, that's the, the point of the peripheral vision. Um, but also, I guess what we've, we've just, said there with the the narrative is it is using the the logical rational mind as well mm -hmm. um in in that way it's yeah mm -hmm. yeah and have you had any experiences like i guess connecting to this work and the land that you're on and your particular ancestral feeling or it's more like a collective feeling that you're connecting to in terms of this knowledge and this wisdom of that our ancestors used so have i had any experiences on this land that i i live on yeah like have you had like direct like wow i feel like that's coming like something in me knows this um information sort of directly um i've had experiences with connecting with the land here in terms of synchronicities mm. um so one is um singing um on the land and um there's a, a small river tributary that runs through the land here and it was on um there was like a world 
meditation for water um mm. and so I, I was doing some singing along the water there and literally the moment i stopped it it was a um beaver there's there's beavers now been reintroduced into mm. um, waters on in britain and a beaver swam along popped his head up looked at me and then dove back under <laughs> that's that's the, cool gorgeous like especially because of how also how beavers work with water as well yeah 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 they're they're totally um healing the the the, the landscape with the the waters that we've um so like we've um through modern farming or farming methods um they if i think it's like in the i don't want to give a date but yeah um a lot of land was was taken from rivers so they've incised rivers to make them like straight tracks basically and so that's why we're getting lots of flooding and nutrients washing off of fields because um, they're going straight into these these smaller um straighter channels and they're mm. just flying off into the the sea um but the original um rivers would have been long winding um tributaries lots of smaller tributaries over a long expanse and what beavers do is is dam up mm -hmm. the rivers and it creates that that floodplain which floods areas but it actually stops flooding further down the river right um, so it's creating natural habitats. Um, so yeah, they're they're basically re, they're kind of the builders, aren't they? You know, of, um, yeah. Or it's kind of maybe it's not the same, but it's kind of like when I, I, I think last time I was in the UK, just seeing all the sheep, I kind of was like, oh, they're the groomers of the land, <laughs> and of course they get groomed, and then we use their wool, but they are doing exactly that to the land. And I was like, actually, it's really good. like sheep are great. I don't know. I had a big moment, and I guess beavers kind of have this with water a little bit, not grooming yeah. water because you don't groom it, but um, yeah, moving yeah and stuff in the way that they're supposed to. Or that's most that helps the whole ecosystem. Yeah, like all the animals have their role within within the uh, the web, mm -hmm. which um, we've we've really um, <laughs> yeah um, messed messed with. Yeah, this, uh, and I think it's just as messed with the animals as it is with the plants. I think yeah, it's the very much like how I think there's this sort of underlying <sighs> upside down principle. It's not a principle. This upside down, I guess, driving force that is like, how can the land serve me? Which I get it. I think that's actually a really valid point. We should, every, every living being thinks this. But it's more like how can I like contrive everything in a certain way so that it will like give me this thing rather yeah. than like working with the land because obviously what's good for all of the land is going to be good for you too. I mean that's my it's like math to me it's just logical. Yeah I, well we've we've got um, a mentality of um, take 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 and um mm. it's all driven from corporate greed and of a consciousness that doesn't understand itself as connected to, mm -hmm. to all of that and the reciprocity of um giving giving back and of, of sustaining mm -hmm. um, ways of of working with with the land mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's yeah, it seems like the well from like reading your 
your book and speaking to you that it seems there's this the maybe the I don't know well maybe you can speak to this but like the mo the thing that's missing is the listening bit we're not listening mm. and I think people would really think like what do you mean listening to plants you can't listen but like actually just you don't even have to go that far which I think is also a possibility but even just literally like sitting there and being like oh you know I hear birds or I hear and you start to listen to the birds and you hear one bird makes a sound and then another totally different bird it's like responding to it and you know just I think just being aware that there's this this whole world around yeah yeah that that's like the the core um thing with with my work it that is listening that it's as simple as that basically it is it's a listening uh way of of being and i, I think we're all we're all um very unique like we're all wired differently um so it's yeah it's, I, I don't know if it's right to say that we should all be this way yeah. and we should all be listening I, I don't know if it's supposed to be like that I right. don't know if you know we're all supposed to be uh listening and uh the way that I'm I'm saying and mm -hmm. maybe we you know who am I to say that <laughs> you know somebody who's a scientist um you know they're wrong and they should be doing what I'm doing like mm -hmm. I don't yes I do think that <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> anyways <laughs> probably not how it's you know probably not quite right well I do think we can all benefit from being in touch with these three brain centers no matter if we're in a lab looking at molecular biology or looking through a telescope or building a bike or you know I think you can always be connected to the, the those three centers you could say yeah yeah it, it definitely it, it definitely helps for for the world not yeah. to be destroyed and is your feeling around labyrinths and people building labyrinths or moving through them is that that's just that's well or what's your feeling around it but it's that it's a tangible way to get in touch with this yeah the labyrinths yeah they're they're a weird one because they're they're like a well i guess one thing to say about them is they're they're a symbol they're a uh they're a living symbol uh, that's what I'm beginning to understand is that actually symbols have uh, a living aspect that they're, they're yeah. alive mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm only just beginning to like I wouldn't even say understand it but I'm mm -hmm. exploring it mm -hmm. um, but what I have noticed with the labyrinth is is everyone who works with them for one they all have like a story of how the, how the labyrinth usually came to them like I, I didn't go looking for the labyrinth it just it just came mm -hmm. and I didn't you know wasn't interested in it and it just wouldn't mm -hmm. leave me alone that kind of thing it's all that's very common because probably some people are like what is a labyrinth and I'm thinking just yeah. literally, it's like a labyrinth in a natural place, or you can say to that. And then like, my question was, if the point of it is to get you in touch with, or I could just ask what the point Connection. of it is. Yeah, just that those, like, what is it? And what's the point of it? I mean, that yeah. not in yeah. a suspicious way. <laughs> I'm totally on board. So yeah, probably should have explained what a labyrinth was early on, eh? Um, uh, so one point to make about a labyrinth is that it's not a maze um so those two words get used um interchangeably but um 
uh, maze is um, more of the left brain. It's sort of made as a puzzle to uh, as dead ends, and it's made to deter you from getting to the right. centre. Uh, whereas a labyrinth usually has one unicircle path that leads to its centre, in which you follow back out, and mm -hmm. usually used as a it's sort of quite creative ways as a meditational tool. Um, and uh, what I was going to say, that was it, that every, every individual, they, they, they tend to reflect things to people. And so every individual seems to sort of, they're, they're a teacher, basically. They, they seem to reflect our consciousness back or, you know, okay. I don't know, they're, they're quite mysterious. Um, and to say about the the sort of purpose of them, again, they're sort of quite mysterious. They, um, the, the classical design labyrinth, which is um, the, the oldest known labyrinth that's found all over the world, um, that, um, so there's, there's also um, medieval labyrinths that come later on, but the, the classical design is, is sort of found in different cultures simultaneously uh, around the world. Mm -hmm. Self, um, and is known as a, an earth temple. Um, and yeah, the, the act of, of walking the labyrinth, it, it has a, a meditative, effect and helps us to to center and ground and can use them in all sorts of different ways of setting intentions um uh they, they've been used as uh, sort of for dancing and ceremony and mm -hmm. all sorts of different things mm. and do you well, that's kind of a personal question but do you walk do you personally walk through one every day or when do you come to one or maybe it's different at different points in your life but yeah i'm just curious yeah i walked one regularly when i was living at the place for a couple of years where i'd built one um but i don't currently have access to one regularly mm -hmm. um so i don't i don't walk one but, mm. um, are there any since you work with plants are there any particular plants that you find really helpful to get in touch with these instinctual centers? I'd say all of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, particularly like the wild medicinal plants. Um, and they all have their distinct um, personality and character um, and you'll find that when you sit with them you'll, you'll often um, sort of resonate to a certain part of the body or I mean it's a difficult thing to describe because it's it's a it's a such an individual yeah process. yeah um, but yeah, wild medicinal plants have a, um, a, a potent wildness to them that reminds us of our, our natural state. Mm -hmm. It reminds us of what we, we are naturally. It reminds us of our wholeness as mm -hmm. opposed to, yeah, there's a big difference as opposed to working, you know, with a... Um, a cultivated plant yeah i guess yeah. we're cultivated plants in a lot of ways actually totally totally and i think it's so great people making amazing gardens i'm all about it i just for me i'm personally just so much more connected to going out wherever i am and seeing maybe it's because i've been nomadic so long that i don't i've never had a garden or had a house plant really because i was always moving but wherever i was i was always paying attention to the plants that were there I was always interested in what pops out naturally. That's really fascinating to me. Like this just grew, like this just, right now it's it's very dandelion for me. 
Yeah. Um, I'll probably make a dandelion tea after this as well. But yeah, really connecting to it. And I maybe this is my own um I don't know if it's judgment, a bit of criticism. But I think there's a lot about like plant medicine. There's a word that people are saying a lot when they are just referring to psychoactive plant medicine, which is great and wonderful and perfect. But I'm like, isn't all plant plant medicine like can't you journey with any plant? Like, why are we? I don't know. I feel like there's this hierarchy where it's just like the mushrooms or the ayahuasca or the San Pedro, which are amazing. I think they're really master teacher plants for sure. But I'm like, I want to like, I want to be at the point where I can sit with a dandelion and like journey with it. Yeah, totally. I, that is, uh, that's my feeling on it is that um, I, I don't feel that, uh, yeah, just it's not my path to use those um, plants of those different traditions. Mm -hmm. And um, I really feel that it's um, really important and beneficial to connect with the the plants and the landscape that's outside our back doors yeah and um there's there's medicine really strong medicine in in that and um learning to um uh, work with our own consciousness without using psychoactive plants is is in my opinion far more beneficial and also um i i feel there's a can be a, a danger of like just blowing your mind open totally. and also of like protection when we're you know if you're um traveling in those uh astral worlds there's a lot of uh, freaky beings out there. I'm, <laughs> I am so, I'm so with you, really. And also, there's a lot of people. I think they, there's. Well, I mean, this is a whole nother podcast, but I think there's a. I do think it's important to say because I've had really, really beautiful experiences with master teacher plants. I, I haven't touched them in a long time, and I don't know if I ever will. Maybe if it calls to me, but I don't. I don't feel it. Um. <clears throat> So I do see the value for sure. But I also see the value. It's almost like you're blindfolded and then you're t you get your, my friend used this analogy, you take your blindfolds off and you see you can have this connection to divinity or whatever. And then you go back. But to me, I want to learn how to get there. I don't want to be blindfolded. You know, you go there and you're like, there, wow. and then you keep wanting to put on the blindfolds and go. But I think like to me, I want to sensitize myself to the point where I can feel a dandelion, yeah. you know? And if I keep going like really extreme, I'm not going to build that muscle. In fact, I'll atrophy it, I think. So there's that one side. And then there's obviously the other side where it's like the astral world is a real world. <laughs> and um, just yeah. like if I went to you know, New York at like 1am down a particular street in 1982, like I could be lucky and run into the coolest person ever, but I could also get robbed or worse, you know, like I, that's, yeah. that's totally how I'm like, all worlds mirror this world and it's quite a big world with a lot of things in it. So I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. 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 And I think also the same with any like if I were to drink mugwort I mugwort's like kind of my first plant that I connected to I don't know if it's because I'm like into all the women's and womb work and stuff but I was like okay mug or maybe because also I'm from there's quite a lot in North America I guess it's everywhere but um yeah mugwort it was always mugwort but I know if I drink loads of infusions of mugwort for like an extended period of time that's a bit poisonous in my system yeah like yeah, I shouldn't yeah. do such an extreme for more than like, I don't know, some people say seven mm -hmm. days, but it's like, yeah, right. You know, like, I guess everything is contextual. Yeah. 
yeah yeah with with the the um medicinal plants they unless they're an adaptogen they if you're taking them like regularly uh every day for a, an extended period of time it's going to build up a toxicity so you don't want to be doing uh, a plant i say a month like for you know regularly every day um but having said that i've never actually experienced uh, a toxic build up from yeah. medicinal plant um well not that i'm I'm aware of anyway yeah <laughs> um, but yeah um yeah they're both like um they're, they're both wild medicinal plants that they're, they're both um can be very powerful like mugwort can be a really powerful herb mm. to take mm -hmm. like i i generally don't um take it before bed because I don't get a good night's sleep I'll be yeah. dreaming like the whole night and yeah. wake up exhausted so yeah um, but yeah they're, they're sort of both um what's the other word <laughs> powerful and um sort of um easy like they're they're yeah, yeah. They're, not, they're not you know psychoactive well, right not not they're not going to floor you yeah but they, they are powerful <laughs> yeah totally this is kind of a broad question you can go anywhere with it but what is your what is your sort of vision of moving forward and working with all this and i guess bringing this to people um i'm writing at the moment i'm adding two new sections to the book um rewilding with the labyrinth and i'm writing a section on working with plant spirit and i'm writing a section on how to build your own labyrinth cool and that should be out uh this year hopefully possibly end of may june it's going to be published by green magic publishing yeah and we'll um, link i'll link all your stuff in the show notes so people can can get cool. it and do people work with you one-on-one -on -one or yeah i do one-to-ones yeah um and they can find me through my website which is wildwisdom.org.uk uh, mm -hmm. um yeah so more writing uh, i've got another book lined up to do um which is called nature speaks um and that's inspired by toning and singing on the land mm. um, and there's also an online course that i'd previously um, done around that theme um, which then inspired me to write i'm going to write the book as well wow yeah so that's really cool busy with. nice and also for anybody who's listening that you're i just want to say this they can see it if they get the book but you write your books by hand you have very very yeah. beautiful handwriting and these amazing detailed pictures you do as well drawings with it and it was really honestly it was so it was so nice to read it outside and it was such a different experience reading a book that was written by hand with with hand-drawn pictures as well. I really felt a different feeling in it. Like when you were telling that story and then I was imagining it and then you had the picture of like the dog and where the stick was. It was great to see yeah. it because it was coming from your experience directly. Yeah, I guess, um, yeah, um, writing, um, sort of concentrating now on writing the books it's it's something that I've always really enjoyed doing and I, it, I think it speaks to um, like each of us have um, you could call them gifts or talents or mm. ways of it, I think it stems from like how we how we're sort of wired how we how we think and um i i'm concentrating on 
and putting the work out there in that form it's taken me a while to kind of realize that but that's how what I just love doing um and so yeah that's I think it's important that we we all find the thing that we we really love to do yeah. and to to do it you know it's it's hard in this world because you have to earn money to live right but you know the more that you do follow those passions and follow that whatever it is however absurd it seems however you know not normal it is is to follow that because the path then it, it follows and yeah just doing it for the joy of it yeah totally I was gonna ask you if there's any parting wisdom that may have been it but um if there's yeah anything else you want to leave people with um yeah I I think probably covered it all. I think that's probably what I would say. Um, yeah, I think I think it's it's been covered. Just I think a really important thing that we touched on earlier is to connect with our local landscapes, and um, yeah, get getting to 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 know the plants mm -hmm. outside our back doors to to know because a lot of our landscapes are kind of hidden as well you know we've we've got houses and and things all built upon sacred land and i was speaking to somebody the other day about um you know sacred sites and the the all of the land is is sacred and and when you start to explore it you'll you'll, mm. you'll be guided as well to 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 special little points on the land mm -hmm. where energy lines meet mm -hmm. and, and if you have that intention of of connecting you'll you'll begin to be shown things if you if you come from the heart then you'll be spoken to and mm -hmm. yeah it's 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 magic like it's, yeah <laughs> Um, it's inspiring yeah. me now I'm like okay I'm going on a walk after this <laughs> yeah lovely but yeah Mark thank you so much um yeah oh, thanks for speaking to me it was really just so nice to connect to you and to all this work and um I hope that other people can be you know whatever the sparks in somebody else that they can also connect to this to these ideas and also this ex really this experience more than ideas yeah and yeah. also to i'll put i know you have another book coming out but also this booklet is so beautiful i don't know if they can get access to it through your website um but then the new one i'm sure will be there too so i will link all of that and yeah thank That's you great. thank you felicia thank you for this opportunity it's been lovely yeah. to meet you and to connect with you Thank you.